Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, looking at a remarkable idea, an idea that has intrigued and attracted and literally thrilled thousands upon thousands of men, women, and children. And you, my friends, are about to witness this idea become a reality, for this is the story of the miracle sea in the desert. And welcome to a brand new life, to a brand new day, all the way from the wastelands of California. My name is Michael, and I'm a mere figment of your imagination. I look forward to once again serve you those sounds of salvation. First time listeners, turn on, tune in, and drop out. This is a different kind of show. A place where you don't feel so alone. Let us chase away the light no matter what you at home choose to believe. I do admire you for your curiosity. Live and direct right now on the TuneIn Radio app. Search End of Days and you'll find the 24-7 network. Or go to michaeldeacon.com. Now joining me here live is Lawrence Krauss. He is one of the most prolific physicists of the 21st century with over 300 science publications, including best-selling books such as The Fear of Physics, The Physics of Star Trek, and The Universe from Nothing, Why There is Something Rather Than Nothing. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me here yet again. What a tremendous week it's been. So much to go over, but let's bring in Lawrence. And Lawrence, are you there? I'm here, virtually. Perfect, perfect. How are you, my friend? Ah, it's a good, nice, pleasant evening where I am. How are you? It's pretty good. Kind of hot out here in El Centro, however. Oh, in, in Oregon, it's uh, not hot at all. <laughs> oh, I'm very envious of that. And there's so much to discuss with you here tonight. Politics, science, religion, multiple things that you're not supposed to talk to at a bar. But we'll be discussing all of these great things um, right now. But before we do, Lawrence, can you tell the audience just a little bit about yourself before we begin? <laughs> well, okay, I'm a theoretical physicist. I've been... I work at the interface of particle physics and cosmology, studying the beginning and end of the universe, I guess. But I have a lot of other hats. I um, I direct a program at Arizona State University called the Origins Project, which looks at everything from the origins of the universe to the origins of consciousness and culture. It's an exciting program that basically looks at the whole spectrum of human intellectual activity. And I write books and uh, and uh, also uh, commentary for various newspapers and magazines and periodically do some TV and movies, and so I have a lot of different hats. Excellent, excellent. And going back to your roots here for a moment, Lawrence, uh, you grew up in Canada, if I recall. That's correct. I was born in the United States, but I grew up in Toronto. 
in Canada and was then had my formative education there right through being an undergraduate. I came back down to the United States for graduate school and I've lived back in the United States ever since then. Wonderful. And uh, by the way, what was your upbringing like? It was a traditional Jewish household, if I recall. Well, I don't know what traditional means, but it was a sort of, yeah, it was a Jewish household. We did the high holidays, that sort of thing. Nothing very religion didn't interfere with our lives too much except on the high holidays. And, and, uh, and my mitzvah, of course. Excellent. And by the way, Lawrence, how old were you when you first started questioning uh, religion and your faith? Well, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's like Santa Claus. It sort of developed slowly. I think, uh, you know, when I was younger, I wanted to believe those things. And then as I started to read the stories and listen to them, they just seemed more and more unlikely. And once I got to be a teenager, it was clear that they were sort of myths and fairy tales, um, to me anyway. And so it wasn't an epiphany or a, a moment. It was just a matter of, of growing out of it, just like growing out of Santa Claus, really. And then, of course, as I became a scientist and learned more and more about the universe, it, it was clear that there was no evidence for anything supernatural. So that just sort of confirmed um, my views. And, and bottom line is that it just... God is irrelevant to almost everything that, uh, well, it's irrelevant to science, first of all, but, but to basically everything about the universe that as I understand it. Yes, and Lawrence, I have to say, you've been a very uh, controversial figure in your respected field. It seems like everyone wants to debate you, Lawrence. It's like you're the go-to guy. Well, uh, the people who want to debate me are usually people in, in the, uh, uh, you know, um, apologists or, or religious people or sometimes uh, people who 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 are afraid of science for one way or another but i think in my own field uh um well i know in my own field i I'm, my the work we do with my colleagues and my scientific papers are are um are to the extent what you call the mainstream i i've often proposed new things where sometimes people have have um not necessarily uh uh we're, we're suspicious of, like, the existence of dark energy, but once it became evident that it was there, it wasn't controversial again. Understood. And one of the questions many wonder is, where did we come from and why are we here? I was hoping we could go over some of these <laughs> great mysteries in life. Well, why questions are – the problem with why questions, as I've tried to explain in my book, The Universe of Nothing, is that why questions usually don't mean anything because they presume purpose, but there doesn't have to be purpose. So – why are we here is such an, uh, such a question. It's like asking, why does the heart beat? Well, you, what you really mean is how does the how heart beat? How are we here? Beat? Correct. Yeah. And you know, I mean, it doesn't as if it, it's not as if your, your, your heart has a purpose in its existence. Of course, it, it, it keeps you alive, but, but there's no, there's no intentionality in your heart, if you wish. Um, and so there, as far as we can tell, there's no reason why we're here. We can, should just enjoy the ride. Um, how did it all begin? Well, as far as that's why I wrote a book about it, that you could, you could, um, the amazing thing is that, and this really is amazing, that you can create a universe with a hundred billion galaxies, each containing a hundred billion stars, without any supernatural shenanigans. You can just use laws of physics. It's amazing. It really is. And, and I, and I mean, out of nothing, you can create universes out of nothing. And that's why the book is called the universe from nothing. Right. How the so universe, those, those are ideas that have come out, you know, that have been correct. Yeah. Kind of each fruition over the last 30, 40 years in the process of many of the exciting discoveries we've made. So I wrote that book to talk about the exciting revolutions in, in, um, in modern cosmology. And they're so wonderful that I, we should share them. I mean, it, it, it's amazing that we're living in this random place in the middle of nowhere at this random time when we've been able to, to, uh, 
to 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 come so far. I never would have thought when I was a graduate student we'd be able to even ask these questions. Oh yes, and you know, speaking of science and education, if I understand correctly, there was some superintendent in Arizona who was trying to stop um, the evolution theory, stop teaching it, basically. Well, I mean, they're, 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 well, I wasn't some superintendent at Arizona. Uh, school board was, and I don't know what the situation is. I mean, they were, they were floating, um, changing the, the science standards. Yeah. I was curious it's, if you knew about that. I randomly came across that. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's happened in a bunch of states where they try and water down, they get rid of the word evolution. For some reason, you know, people somehow, even though revolution happened and, and, and there's some people who feel that they can't believe in God if, if evolution happened. So therefore they'd rather, they'd rather not believe in, in evolution, but the point is it happened whether or not you believe in it. Right. Science really doesn't care about feeling. It's mostly uh, based on evidence. Well, that's the point. The universe doesn't care what, how we feel. It doesn't give a damn how we feel. Correct. The universe is the way it is. And, 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 and our job as scientists are to, is to try and figure out how it works and, and, and realize that what we sometimes think is normal or natural or reasonable may not be the case. But if that's the case, we have to renormalize what we think of as natural, reasonable, uh, because as I say, the universe is the way it is, whether we like it or not. Yes, and like I said, staying on this topic of public education and or even private education, rather, um, we saw an example, perhaps, of some of that when Bill Riley was saying that tide goes in, tide goes out. You can't explain that. Do you recall that segment? Yeah, of course. It was so ridiculous because you <laughs> explained it 400 years ago, or 300 years ago. It just unbelievable that in the 21st century people can say that it's so sad it is that is that one of the wonderful things about (laughs) gravity is immediately allowed him to explain the tides and and it should be something we celebrate as human beings instead of instead of being ignorant of it and and people like that should not be called literate is that an example of a failed school system well i don't know what's i think it's an it's an example of a failure in the way we teach science which is sort of as if it's a set of facts instead of a process for trying to understand how we derive facts. And, and I do think, um, the fact that people can be ignorant of science with impunity in our modern societies is unfortunate because it is the basis of most of our, not of most of our society, if not our culture. So I think we have to teach science as a process, a process of questioning. And that, then it becomes lifelong learning rather than just a set of facts you memorize in high school and then throughout after that. And I mean, I'm sure he may have even learned it in high school. I'm assuming I've been on his program. I'm assuming he completed high school. Um, sometimes when you listen to me, you wonder, but, but I'm assuming he completed high school and uh, he may have learned that then and he just forgot it. That's okay. That's allowed. But, but the lifelong learning, instead of denying, you know, it, people tend to think of this science as just this body of facts. And if you don't like those facts, you use some other facts, but that's not what makes science so effective. It's a process. And that's why we continue to do it because it's allowed us to get from the time of Newton to hear in this amazing world we live in by using science and, and using that process to find out what works and what doesn't work and learn more about the universe at exponential rates. And it's, it's something we should celebrate instead of being afraid of. Right. And since you said that, I must admit, even growing up, I was a little intimidated of science and the cosmos. But, of course, I liked people like Carl Sagan, who made me think, my God, this is probably the smartest man on Earth. Well, Carl Sagan was, you know, inspired many people. So, and then I think that's wonderful that people get inspired. And I'm, I'm happy when people are inspired by my work. It happens and it's returning the favor because I became a scientist because I read people like Isaac Asimov and 
Albert Einstein and Richard Feynman. And, and so, um, so, uh, you know, I like to return the favor and it's, it's nice to be able to do that. Yeah. I see you in the same light as a Carl Sagan, by the way, Lawrence. That's, that's, that, thank you very much. I, 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 I truly do. And by the way, that lady, her name is Diane Douglas. She's the superintendent of public instruction. She's the one trying to limit the use of the word evolution, um, it's, for a biological exactly. diversity. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, what's the point? I mean, it's just propaganda. What's yeah, the wrong the word? It's just, I don't get it. It indicates an ideological bent that, and 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 it's unfortunate. And, and those people should not be in charge of public education. I'm with you, you on that. You should really be encouraging kids to ask questions instead of trying to indoctrinate them. And yes, and that brings me to my next point. As a professor, with all these school shootings going on, have you ever once pondered if perhaps one would ever break out on your campus, Lawrence? Well, uh, what would break out of my campus? Like, like a school shooting. Well, you know, I, I, I certainly hope not. Um, I do say that, you know, after there was a, there, you know, there's this obsession with guns in this country that I never have understood. But after, um, Gabby Gefford was shot in, in Arizona, uh, down in Tucson, I guess, uh, some misguided members of the, of the state legislature in Arizona wanted to allow everyone to, bring guns on campus, concealed or not. And it's just a ridiculous idea and happily it didn't happen. But, but, um, it's unfortunate and, uh, and, and, and it's sad that politicians, every time one of these things happens, politicians, um, you know, claim that they're praying for the victims, but they don't do anything about it. Yes. That's what we often see at times. And as a professor, where do you grade Donald Trump? He's been there for a year and quite a bit of time. He's an embarrassment to the world and to the United States. It's just, you can't even fathom someone who's both as ignorant and, uh, ignorant and vindictive and hateful and also totally, um, uh, disingenuous. I mean, the man, you know, it's just, it's just, uh, it's hard, it's hard, to, it's hard to believe that we've come to this in, in this country. It's, it's sad. And, uh, unfortunately, I think the damage he's going to do will, will will be lasting. It's a lot easier to do damage than it is to do good in almost every area. And uh that we have someone who just has changed the rules is in terms of benefiting financially from what he's doing and lying about what he does on a single day, lying about what other people do and getting away with it. It's really unfortunate. And that's why I think part of this is the process of education where, once again, we talk about false news. There's more information on my iPhone, then you'll get in high school. There's more misinformation too. That's very and true. To teach children and parents as a ways to distinguish the sense from the nonsense. And those are the tools that science gives us. So in the 21st century, rather than teach kids facts, we have to teach them about how to distinguish and what tools and what techniques to use to, to, to realize that when Donald Trump lies, he's lying or, or whatever so that we can, we can only then can a, a democracy function effectively. Yes, and I'll be transparent here with everyone out there listening. I'm not affiliated to any political party. Um, I've always been under the assumption that the two-party system has basically driven this country uh, to the ground, uh, Lawrence. Well, you know, I, I, I yeah, I, I anyway, it, it, it's a it, we're in an unfortunate situation in right. general. As far as I, I think it's it's very broad indeed. The Congress and, and to some extent journalists. Uh, I think we need to be able to. To get back to and work very, very hard to get people to skeptically question and, and call out the nonsense much more. I mean, I'll give you an example. I mean, I'm just watching the, you know, listen, I, I, I've been very involved in a long time through the Bolton Atomic Scientists and others in, in nuclear weapons issues and, and this nonsense about 
changing things in North Korea, that he somehow has produced denuclearization. More or less the content of that, of that one page statement he made. And the same things have been agreed upon numerous times by past presidents. Lawrence, I'm shocked. Lawrence, I'm just, I'm outraged. You're not optimistic about this deal? (laughs) Sarcasm there. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the point is it's, it's happened before. So it's nothing new, but he makes it seem as if suddenly new because, you know, because he, he makes claims that he lives in a world where he is the center of the universe and everything he does is right. And it's unfortunate for the rest of us. It really is. And we've seen, uh, politics get involved in every facet of life the last couple of years, the last 10 years. And I must admit, it's been ultra entertaining. It's never been this way before. And of course, I always joke here on the program that the Trump administration has had more lineup changes than a major league baseball team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's talk about something other than... Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I get going on politics as well. No, 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 I know. It's a difficult, uh, you know, but I think the main point is that we, we all have to work hard to make, to, to, to make it better and and voters need to be informed and inform themselves of the issues uh, so that we, they can choose candidates who are informed. And that's the main part. Democracy doesn't work otherwise. Agreed. Agreed on all facets here. And uh, tell me a little bit about the Origins Project, Lawrence. Well, the Origins Project SU, I came here nine years ago to lead it. As I say, it looks at, looks at key foundational questions and tries to bring together transdisciplinary groups of scholars to look at, at forefront questions that may not be resolved from, you know, what's the origin of the universe to, to, to what's the nature of early modern humans and why were humans so successful? What's the nature of violence? What's the origins of that? To try and bring together people from different disciplines to look at those questions and maybe come up with new research lines that will help address them. And then at the same time, with every one of our programs, we produce public public programming uh, because, of course, I've, we all feel, but I certainly feel very strongly that the public, these are questions of great interest to the public. And we, I'm very excited, happy to say that we brought in for our events up to 3,000 members of the public pay to come to our events. And so anytime you can bring 3,000 people in to listen about science, I think it's it's, it's very satisfying. Yeah, that's a big leap forward. Yeah. Since, I, if I remember correctly, we had the lowest statistical, uh, statistical score amongst other countries in science and math. Yeah, I mean, it, it's of great concern. And there's no doubt that, you know, there's no doubt that there are, that in other countries, I mean, I've been to India and you can go there and kids who get into IIT, the Indian Institute of Technology, there are a few of them. It's harder to get in in that country than it is to get into Harvard here. I mean, one out of every 200 students who applies or something gets in, but more importantly, they realize that science and technology is a, is a way, is a road out of poverty. And so you see that in the Asia and developing, and now they're developed, but when they were developing, that they realized that becoming a technological force in the world was one way to build a sound economic base. It's certainly the way the United States did. And um, and so they take it very seriously, much more seriously than, unfortunately, it seems we do in this country. Yes, I agree. And speaking of the Asian countries, they are ranked the highest. And I always make the joke that it's because of the cartoon Pokemon. It was really? like it was like it was like the Trojan horse of evolution for for children. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I, it's uh, it's anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I also noticed that you do have a Pokemon um character slideshow there in your presentation. So I think that's pretty funny. Oh, I do. Oh, do I? I guess maybe I do. I think I have seen that. Yes. Okay. I, I mean, I think that what I try and blend in all of my 
writing as well as presentations is I try and mix science and popular culture because too many people are intimidated by science and, and I think it's important to point out science is part of our culture. Um, and so, you know, we should all use, I'm happy to use, utilize our popular culture icons or uh, allusions when talking about science as a way to make people feel more comfortable. Yeah, that's a good method. And by the way, I feel slightly embarrassed to even ask you about this, but it seems like over the past several years, the flat earth theory has continued to grow popular here, um, on the internet. What, yeah, it's amazing. I, why, I why, there was, there's a, there's a big, why on earth is this happening, Lawrence, in 2018? Yeah, I know. It's amazing. And there was a conference of 300 people or something in North Carolina for flat earthers and some French journalists called me about saying, what are the arguments here of the flat? It's amazing. In 2018, you have to, to go through this. And it demonstrates that people are willing to, are uh, certainly how easy it is. It's to, a re, it's to, a reinsurgence from the 16th century. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if you're for go skeptical things and he's, and, and how easy it is for people to fool themselves. And we all, we're all fool ourselves all the time and we have to constantly second guess ourselves when it comes to that. It's really important. That's one of the things that science teaches us too. Yeah. That's like confirmation biasness. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and I was also going to mention the whole conference, but it seems like you are up to date with that, and I can't believe they could even feel a conference, but remarkably they can. There's lots of these people out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's and I mean, yeah, the flat earthers are just well. Anyway, it's really it me. We we have to realize that that it's it, it's okay to you know have a, a sense of superior attitude, but the main thing is that look, people can we all. We all believe in things that are crazy at, at one time or another in our lives. And, and so it's really important to, to try and, 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 and be skeptical of yourself and, and ask yourself, you know, my mantra is that if I have a mantra, it, it is, comes from um, the publisher of the New York Times who once said, I'd like to keep it open mind, but not so open that my brains fall out. Yeah. And, um, and I think that, uh, that the main thing is if you, if you've seen something or think of something and it disagrees with everything else you know from the basis of your experience to be true about the world, you should be highly suspicious of it. I agree. And Lawrence, in terms of skepticism and what goes on here on the program, I talk to a lot of individuals who claim to have seen Christ or uh, they were visited by people from the sky and I, I let them tell their stories and Lots of these individuals, I believe. You know, look, the important point is when people have hallucinations, they're real to them. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and 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 uh, and that's really really an important um, thing. There's a great book called Hallucination by, and then it jumps my mind now with a wonderful neurologist um, who wrote so many wonderful books. He's my, my popular. He wrote for the New Yorker all the time, and he skips my mind right now. But in any case, he. Um, but his book on hallucination makes it quite clear that people are, for people who are hallucinating, those hallucinations are as real as anything else, and we have to understand that. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, what do you contribute that to? And I always wondered, perhaps it's some sort of hallucination that's going on um, as one of the answers. And I myself, Lawrence, have seen strange lights in the sky or experienced weird uh, things in my life, but I, I don't ever go around... And and for one second, think that it can't be explained scientifically. Well, look, I can. Uh, look, I'm not. A, I'm not a neurologist. I'm not. No a, doubt. No I, doubt. Psychoanalyze people. So I. I mean, look, it, we all want to believe, as Fox Muldar said in the X. I was just about to say that. <laughs> and, and so we just have to realize we want to believe when something happens to us. We we think it's significant, even if it isn't. And you know, Richard Feynman used to go around to people and say, 
You won't believe what happened to me today. You won't believe what happened if you say what? And you'd say absolutely nothing. Because you can have a million, say you have a million crazy dreams for years and years and years. And one night you dream a friend of yours is going to break their leg and the next day they break their arm. Suddenly you think it's significant. But you don't realize that, you know, it's just an accident. It's a coincidence. And when coincidences happen to us, we think they're significant. So we're hardwired to think, that, to look for significance to things that may not be. And there's a, a clear evolutionary argument for why that may, the, may be the case. If the leaves are, are rustling in the trees, you can say, oh, it's nothing. Or you could say it's a tiger or a lion. And, you know, those of our ancestors, the ancient ancestors who said it was nothing and got ate by the lions never reproduced. So we tend to want to ascribe significance to things that happened to us, probably for an evolutionary reason. Yeah, it's very human of us to want to either belong or to believe in something that perhaps will nurture us to some degree. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I noticed. And by the way, to finish up with the whole alien thing, um, you yourself believe... Oliver, Oliver, just remember his name, Oliver mm-hmm. Sacks, wonderful writer, wonderful scientist and a neurologist. He's dead. He, he passed away this last year, but he's a wonderful writer to read and uh, neurologist. He's the one who talked about hallucinations. Sorry, I had to get his name in there. No worries. No worries. Thank you for that. I think most people will try and look that name up pretty soon here. But um, in, in terms of people who claim to have been abducted, a lot, lots of these individuals say they had uh, communication with these beings through telepathic means, and it, it seems like a lot of these individuals report these Eastern philosophical perspectives. That's yeah, well, usually what happens. Telepathy just doesn't exist, so you know it's nice. That's one of the things that we can, you know, we can measure that it doesn't exist. And we can, and and so uh, you know, you can be highly sensitive to other people to their gestures and their hand movements and their eye movements. And you know, my dog is sensitive to my to my my mood. By looking at me, but but uh, but we don't communicate with our by think just thinking with others, and and uh, it just doesn't happen. Yes, it's a very strange thing that you read and you hear about so often here on the program. And of course, Lawrence, uh, the program wouldn't be very long if I start by saying what empirical evidence do you have to present your claims. Uh, the show would just not be so long. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, maybe you know. I was going to say maybe that's a good thing, but maybe it isn't a good thing. <laughs> well, this is, you know, this is a bit of an entertainment show as well as a program where I wish to entertain and educate as much as I possibly yeah, look, can. I, I think the main point is to, look, I think the main point, you're right, is to get people interested in, in thinking. I mean, you're Correct. never going to, even in my books, you know, people, I'm not going to be able to teach people the physics, all the physics in my books, but hopefully if it intrigues them, they can go on and, 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 and read more. Same with my, with if I read a piece of the New York Times or, or if I give a lecture that, you know, it, the idea is to motivate people to go out and learn, learn things for themselves. And, and, and entertainment is certainly an important way to do it. I and agree be with provocative. And that's what you've done. Yeah. That's, that's your formula uh, there, Lawrence. I, mean, I like to provoke when necessary. And, 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 but mostly I like to excite and, and enthuse. And, and I think that's the, 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 the if, if there's any, preferences to get people excited about the universe and you're a well sharp uh, a well-dressed sharp individual i must say lawrence you always have a uh, great shoes when i see you in these debates by the way <laughs> i like wearing well you know i like color too. yeah it's fun that it's fun to wear different shoes and different yeah i, I guess i've become known for that anyway yeah, my yeah. wife my wife helps me pick out how many of them and has given me them yeah you have a, a good sense about you i i get a great feeling when i see you out there uh, debating with these uh, truly interesting individuals, and 
Um, one of those I had seen most recently was a debate you did with someone who was of Islamic faith. Forget well, I've, I've, I've debated a few Islamic people. There was yeah. one in London, uh, Amsat Soros, which was a difficult, I mean, it was a very difficult circumstance. I've done other ones with, that have been more friendly. And then there was one I did on TV recently on, uh, on actually Al, Al Jazeera with a, with a Muslim, oh, an Islamic scholar, I guess you could say. Um, uh, and, um, um, anyway, so I've done a variety of them. Some have been more difficult than others. Right. And have you faced any kind of harassment for any of these things? Because lots of, as, as you know, Lawrence, talking about politics and, um, anything to do with politics, politics now is kind of dangerous. Well, look, yeah, it is true. And so, you know, you have to, you, you, to, it's unfortunate that people are get so emotional about, about political things. Yeah, and look at, look at Charlie. On the whole, on the whole I'd have to say, for most right. of the discussions I've had, uh, they've been quite, quite reasonable. I mean, I mean, there may be disagreements and, but, but, uh, been quite polite. The one in London was a little difficult also because it was a, I, it started because they promised me they weren't going to segregate. It was actually at a public university and then it turned out, when I arrived, it was segregated with women in one place and men with another, and I and I threatened to walk out if if they didn't desegregate it, and um, and they eventually did, but it so it began in a very tumultuous way. Right, and you could look at Charlie Hebdo, and of course, most recently Rob Rogers, who was fired for his political cartoons about Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, I so I just read about that today. It's really unfortunate. I really you enjoyed know, his illustrations too, so it's kind of sad to see that go. Yeah, it is because the whole point of an editorial cartoonist is to provoke, isn't it? And it's sort of sad when, I mean, it's sort of sad when you can't, um, say provocative things and get people thinking, and especially when you're an editorial cartoonist or something like that. And, um, yeah, and we, we, we shouldn't have these echo chambers of, of people just talking to the people who agree with them all the time because that's not the way we make progress. Not at all. Not at all. And that's one of the reasons why you're here tonight. It's, it's good to bring in. Someone of your stance and education and skepticism here, Lawrence. Well, thanks. I'm, 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 I'm not going to be able to be alone to talk to you for much longer, but of I'm glad we've been able to talk this long. No doubt, no doubt. And uh, since we are coming to a close very shortly here, uh, for the interview, the name of the show is End of Days and it's a bit of a, of a apocalyptic theme, post-apocalyptic theme, kind of yeah, like. I, I didn't realize that was the title of your show when I heard you introduce that. Oh, oh, are we going to, are we going to talk at the apocalypse? I'm oh, not, no, right, right. And well, that's what I'm going to ask you here. But, um, if, if you're curious, Lawrence, I'm actually an agnostic atheist to be perfectly blunt. Okay, sure. Anyway, what do you want to talk about? Right. It so, doesn't matter to me much anyway. So. Yeah, it doesn't matter either. But, you know, there's people out there who are just, they're curious about everything. So I like to. Sure. sure. Yeah. So given the fact that the name is End of Days, and I don't mean that in a biblical sense, I mean that in the universe definitely has a cutoff point. Well, yeah, although I think, I mean, I've written a lot about the far future of the universe and, and I think, um, uh, the, the point is, I think the future of the universe is, well, it's going to end badly. Yeah. But it's going to end with a whimper, not a bang. It's how will, end. yeah, how will the universe end, Lawrence? You know, you know the, it looks like the universe is expanding faster and faster. But eventually, in two trillion years, all the galaxies we now see will be moving away from us faster than light. We won't be able to see them. And the universe will have disappeared. And then our stars are in our own galaxy will burn out. And, and, um, and, uh, and so the universe become cold, dark, and empty over a long time as it cools down. It's nothing, it's not going to be a cataclysm. I mean, that's just our best guess. We can't prove that, but based on what we can measure now, that seems the most likely possibility. And, um, 
And, you know, so it'll just, it'll just, as I say, with a whimper, not a bane. Right. Right. Of course, the universe will cease to exist one day. And that's what I mean by the end of days. I, I hope most people... Well, I don't know if the universe will cease to exist. As far as we can tell, it, right now, it keeps on going, expanding forever and ever. And and it may, it may become empty, but it, 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 there's no evidence that it will disappear. Although it could, it's certainly impossible in given physical theory. But right, these are just the, the space will 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 suddenly cease to exist. But that's possible. But the best, if I had to guess, and that's all I can do, I'd say is the best evidence is that it won't just disappear. It'll just the stuff in the universe will disappear, but the universe itself will go on. By the way, how? What? Well, what's your opinion on 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 uh, Ken Ham? For some reason, his name just popped into my head right now. Ken Ham, who I have debated on the Bill Riley show, actually, um, years ago. Well, he's, you know, actually, in some sense, I respect Ken Ham because he, he says it right out. He says, look, if you don't buy the, these key aspects of the Bible, then they're all wrong. <laughs> and he's absolutely right. I mean, and I think he's right. If, if you can show the key precept, pre, key precepts and doctrinal aspects of the Bible don't make sense and disagree with evidence of reality, you should be suspicious of the Bible. And he would say that, but his attitude is, I, I believe it's right. I believe in God. I know it's right. And therefore, I, science must be wrong. And of course, that's the wrong attitude. Point is, if you discover something's wrong, you should follow it to its logical conclusion. So, in some sense, he's more honest in his dogmatism than many others, but it's unfortunate that he, that he, um, um, that he also, I mean, he's created this museum. Which I've been to, which pretends to be a natural history museum, but it's just a, it's just a, it's just a biblical museum. And it's, um, but you know, it's, it's interesting to talk to the guy because he, he, he's decided, like many people, that's the problem with much religion. You decide, you know, the answers in advance. You don't even ask the questions. And so he knows, he's decided he knows what's true without even asking the questions. And then if, if the truth disagrees with him, it isn't the truth. If this, if somehow the sun rising in the morning disagreed with his, his theology that he'd say the sun doesn't rise in the morning, that kind of thing. Probably in an ideological sense, just like Donald Trump. Right, exactly. Um, I always found Ken Ham to be interesting. I wonder if something must have happened to him early on for him to well, hold such know, regards. Well, he wants to believe. And he's just one of those people who wants to believe so desperately that he's willing to not only throw out reality to confirm his beliefs, but actually try and distort it in a way to convince others that he's right, which is the unfortunate part. Perhaps creationism is his flat earth. It, creationism is what? Creationism is his flat earth. Yeah, yeah, certainly in that, that case. I mean, as I, as, and, and, and I think Richard said it first when we were together, but, but Richard Hawkins, but, um, you know, it, arguing the earth is 6,000 years old is like, to, is like talking about the distance between New York and San Francisco and saying it's 17 feet. It's really ridiculous, especially yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. And um, to um, wind things down here a bit, I know you are friends and colleagues with uh, Johnny Depp. Have you seen his most recent photos that have been uh, circling the Internet? Uh, no, I don't. I, well, it depends what you mean by recent photos. I know he's doing a new movie. It's, well, I know a few movies, but no, I don't know which recent photos you're talking about. I believe I saw one recently with him and Ozzy Osbourne. And Ozzy looked a little bit healthier than Johnny Depp for whatever reason. When I was with Johnny a few months ago. He was in great shape. I know he's lost weight, and I think he has a mohawk for his. Was it? Uh, was it for uh, a role? Vampires tour. But Johnny uh, was it, well. Last, last time I was with him, it was probably three months ago, two three months ago, and he was he was he was in great shape. 
Excellent. Well, you know, I saw a photograph of him and I thought, my God, I hope he's preparing for a role. He just looks kind of sick. Well, look, I can't speak. I know that, you know, people like to take pictures of people and, 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 and use true, pictures. And true, true. You have to be skeptical of what you see, but I haven't spoke, you know, I, I can't speak up for it, but the last time I saw Johnny was doing fine. Perfect. Well, I do hope he's fine. And Lawrence, I know we are coming to a close here. But I did want to ask you just a few more things very quickly. You're kind of random. Is there anything you actually like watching on television? Is there anything that you are guilty of watching, Lawrence? Well, no. I mean, I don't watch TV per se. I, I, I watch I, anymore. I, I don't. I don't watch regular programming. But I often will uh, will binge watch on you know on online like Netflix or Amazon. Oh, stuff. movie guy. Some of my own movies are on Amazon, Netflix, but but. Uh, you know, I just, I just been watching, uh, uh, well after, I mean, many, many of my friends had liked the Breaking Bad series and I hadn't seen, seen it when it came out, so I was watching it and then I watched Better Call Saul. And in fact, I'm, you know, so I like some of the stuff, I, um, the, these, these series, and then we may do some of them, in fact, actually, but, oh, but perfect. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, I just happened to be watching Goliath again, which is a, the second season with uh, Billy Bob Thornton. But I think, I think there's a lot of creative work coming out of, uh, out of these uh, Amazon Netflix type type things, so I, I happen to love movies. I go to movies a lot, so I like Perfect. movies. I like going them. I also like making them. But but um um so yeah, I I, I will. But I I don't watch. I don't turn on the TV and watch TV. So I don't I don't see that. It's just a, just a haven't. I used to when I was a kid a lot, but I just don't anymore. Understood. And uh, Lawrence, as we wrap it up here and take it home. I did have just one last question, and that is, how would you like to be remembered? I don't really look. You know, I don't think in those terms. To tell you the truth, I just do what I do. People can remember me as they want, but I, you know, I try to uh, be someone who's inspired people to think about the world and enjoy it, and um, and uh, if and and in some sense enhance people's lives. And it'd be nice to think that people remember that. But but you know, it, it's not up for me to decide how people remember me, nor does it nor does it, it rule my existence. Understood. And, Lawrence, go ahead and plug anything you'd like. Uh, the floor is yours. Uh, I didn't come to sell things. You know, I write books. People can look at them and um, and um, and and actually see one. We, we talked about movies. The Unbelievers is, I think, on Amazon. It's a movie we did with me and Richard Dawkins, which I think is the young boys who made it or young guys who made it are wonderful filmmakers. Uh, but yeah, anyway, if, there's lots of ways to look at my books or see my lectures. And if you want to, you can go see them. If you don't, it's fine with me. Oh, by the way, I forgot to ask you, is there any new books in the works? Maybe. I'm, 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 I'm thinking about an, uh, uh, two new books actually. So yeah, it's early stages. Wonderful. Early stages. Wonderful. Well, once again, it's been an honor and pleasure to finally get a chance to speak to you, Lawrence. And we will definitely have to touch base again in the future. Okay, well, thanks a lot. It's been a pleasure. All right, Lawrence, take care. Take care. Right, Bye-bye. And uh, that was my guest, Lawrence Krause, a great guy, great guest. I enjoy talking to him here. It was a good change of pace here on the program. I thought it was well-deserved. And when I return, a little bit of news, maybe your phone calls, perhaps. Stay tuned. And welcome back to the program. Thank you for being here with me still tonight. I hope you enjoyed the music. I apologize for taking such a long break there. Now, Vanessa, what's going on? Hello. How are you out there? 
I'm good. My body is ready like yours. Mine is ready for sure. <laughs> and it, it was um, even before the program even took place, I was ready. I woke up oh. ready. Oh, really? I, I really did. And my goodness, what a tremendous week it's been. People are going to jail and the Hawaiian islands out there are becoming basically an apocalyptic wasteland. Yes. Yeah, my thoughts go out to those out there who suffered uh, immensely. Yes. Oh, yes. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, if you missed last week's show, go to uh, YouTube or MichaelDeacon.com. A uh, great program last time with Dr. Benjamin E. Zeller. Um, did you listen to that one, Vanessa? Yes, I did. Is it the Heaven's Gate? Heaven's Gate. There you go. Yes, I did. Of course, 1997. I was excited to talk about Heaven's Gate. And if you are at all interested in that case, I recommend giving that one a lesson. And of course, just recently, moments ago, I had interviewed Lawrence Krauss. Did you like that interview? Yes, it was really good. Although I did get nervous when you asked him about Johnny Depp. I know, right? That's when everything kind of, the walls started to close in, uh, close in there, right? Yeah, it got to the end of the program there. <laughs> I know some some moments were a little tense there. Yeah, there was they were yes. Yeah, I think some people out there probably won't uh, enjoy that last step, uh, this episode rather that interview with Lawrence. Some people already have um, sent me their complaints. Really? Why? Because he's an atheist? I think that's probably why. Yeah. Mostly, I mostly. Mean... I think because he wasn't very open minded. But that's, no, he that's wasn't. the great. He, he... That, well, that's the reason why he appeared here on the program. He wasn't going to be like every other guest I brought in. Yeah, no, he he's made his choice long time ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's very cutthroat, and that's why I like Lauren so much. Yes, you like the meanies, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, a little bit, a little bit, and he's very controversial, and yeah. that's another reason why he appeared here on the program. Let's be completely honest and straightforward with everyone. Everyone that usually comes through here will be slightly controversial to a certain extent, I should because say. Because that's, that's fun. Exactly. And that's what makes this program interesting. Yes. And I agree. Again, thank you all out there for being here with me still tonight. And yes, this is live on the TuneIn radio app. Search End of Days and you'll find the 24-7 network. And of course, once you listen here live, you'll actually listen to some pretty decent music. Music that I like, and hopefully you like it too. Well, I like it. Well, that's amazing. I'm <laughs> glad you do. Thank you. <laughs> some people do like the music, some people don't. You can't really please everyone. That's that's the problem. Well, I'm a big like nine, like I like eighties, nineties, and I feel like you're very nineties, right? Sure. A little bit. Sure. Nineteen eighty seven. You know, it's funny that you're mentioning this, and before we go into the Florida news here. Um, oh shit! Yeah, don't worry, we'll talk about that. But that reminds me of that movie I saw, uh, Cursed, with everyone's favorite Christina Ricci. Oh, I've never seen it. I've never been blessed. It's a weird movie. It is. It's I a mean, little odd. I, you I like the oldies? I, well, it was just on TV, and it was some sort of werewolf type flick, and I'm a sucker for those. Yes, I know you are. I mean, I'm looking at the cast. It's here, terrible. It, it it's has a, good it, people. Well, yeah, actually, it does. It has that Joshua Jackson guy, Pacey from um, uh, Dawson's Taylor. Creek. Yeah, he's right. Right. He's basically <laughs> the 
that Joshua Jackson guy, that's the Mighty Duck guy. Okay. Yeah, and of course, Shannon Elizabeth is in there. She's, whatever happened to her? Is she still doing movies or? I don't know. Is she tanked. Um, she's, is she not I mean, in show business no more? Well, in Hollywood, she's already considered like ancient. She's old news, right? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. I mean, it looks like she hasn't done much. I'm looking at her IMDb here. Maybe like out? a little bit, a little bit of the indie flicks. Oh, she's doing that. <laughs> yeah. Going down that road. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, Pam Landerson's still getting uh, gigs. That's true. I, I think she made recent headlines, uh, mostly for her looks, the 50 year old. That's what they put on the article. I remember I, I read that uh, earlier. They put 50 year old scene among a massive production crew while filming. So she's still getting parts out there. Well, I like her. Me too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> really? Well, yeah, she's held up. She has. She, she has. doesn't she's, look so bad. She's vegan. You know, she's vegan. Is she? She really is. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yes. There's also Sandra Bullock. She looks good. She looks she's great. She's also held up quite nicely. She has. She has. I know that you're a fan of The Net. I really am. I'm a sucker for those uh, awful movies. That movie's good. It, well, it, it's better than Speed. Speed is even better. Speed 2, Lots on the other hand. corny acting. Speed is good. It has some really good lines. Well, I, I guess. you, you got to watch those movies kind of buzzed, in my opinion. you got to have a few drinks to watch those. Well, always, yes, I agree. Correct. You, you, you know, you got to. You can't go. You can't go into those awful movies completely sober. It's like trying to watch a Sharknado sober. It's just not going to be fun. It's not going to make sense. Did you hear that the last that the next Shark Sharknado is the last one? Oh my God! They're, they're still making movies. Yes, it's Sharknado Six, and Oof. I forget what it's called because you know how they always have like a little pun. I forget what it's called, mm. but um, Sharknado That's Six awful. is gonna be it's gonna be the last one. It, it's kind of sad, you know. That End of an awful. era. Well, he's got he's got to he's got to move on and make more awful movies. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think now he would be um, you know, typecasted, right? A little bit, maybe. Most likely, most likely, and of course, um, everyone. Everyone has been talking about this recently, and of course, that's Chris Hardwick. Yes. He took some heat this week. Yes, and um, I'm not a fan of Chris Hardwick, but who I is? Do... Who is though? I, I hated him on the Attack of the Show, if I recall correctly. He was insufferable. Well, I mean, I you know, as a Walking Dead fan, I would watch Talking Dead, and I remember him back in the day from like Singled Out. You watched that with... crap. Well, I was little, but I used to watch it. No, and, no, no. Uh, I meant, I meant the talking. Talking dead. Yeah. Of course. That I was awful. <laughs> How were you into that though? It was. It's eh, you know when there's nothing to watch on a Sunday, you're bored. Oh, because you were bored. Because I was bored. Yes. Okay, I hear you now. Yeah, I'm not a fan of his, but I don't think he's a sexual predator. I don't either, and they're comparing him to Harvey Weinstein. And Cosby. You can't really put him, I mean, come on. You, you can't really put that guy up there. No, he's a bad boyfriend, not a yeah, he's probably, predator. Yeah, he's probably a bad person to have a relationship with, but. Yeah, the only thing is that, I mean, like, I, I learned what starfishing was because of him. I didn't know what that was. From that article, I learned what starfishing was. I looked it up. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't know what that was. But, I mean, to be honest, he just sounds like a bad boyfriend. Maybe just a guy that, you know, he wants to have sex all the time. Didn't she you know. cheat on him, too? 
she cheated on him supposedly. Yeah, she said. Well, she said she did, so it's it's real. Yeah. And he lost um, quite a few of his gigs, right? Well, he stepped aside from Comic Con where he hosts the Doctor Doctor Who panel and the Walking Dead panel. But I think they put his AMC put his show on on hold, which is um talking with Chris Hardwick. Yes, I know a little bit too much about this. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's it's all over the place. It's it's interesting yeah. because he's now the next one to be hit with these abuse allegations. And I think Sexual it's super abuse. messed. Yeah, but I think it is messed up that um he's already being accused and fired from things. Chloe when- Dykstra, that, I think that's her name, right? Yeah, that's her name. She's actually a very pretty girl. She is. Poor, she is. poor I, woman. She, I, am, I, I, I guess she just couldn't really get out of that situation. I'm not sure of all the uh, details of, of the case. I haven't really read into it. Yeah. But looking from the outside and seeing people's comments, it makes me uh, lean towards that. But at the same time, I don't want him to lose just every gig. I mean, that's kind of harsh, don't you think? As a, as a woman, I just think he's a bad boyfriend. I don't think he's a predator. I, I don't think he's a, like he abused her in any way. I don't they're really, think so. They're really making it out to be that way though. I think that, I don't know why. I think, I think people just side with the woman all the time without knowing the facts. Yeah, who I mean, knows though? In, who knows what really yeah. happened? We're not going to exactly know all the true details. Innocent until proven guilty, right? Correct, <laughs> correct. So who, who really correct. knows though? Yeah. But he was all over the place for a while. He really was a little bit too much. I, like I said, everywhere. I don't like him, but I'm not going to like, you know, I, I don't want him to lose all his, you know, that's kind of messed up. Uh, yeah, it, it's too much. It's too much. And I believe uh, Cody it's here like, is uh, joining us on the line. Cody, what's going on? Michael, how are you, buddy? Can you hear me okay? Oh, loud and clear. You sound fantastic. How are you? Awesome, man. I'm just, I'm outside right now looking at the stars and I was Listening to the program and just Uh-oh. thought I'd call in and say howdy. Perfect. Did you listen to the Lawrence Krauss interview? I did. And what did you think of that, Cody? It seems like you uh, didn't quite enjoy that. Oh no, I think I think he's a great guy. Um, I was just looking forward. I wanted to kick around a few things with uh, out of body experiences and the whole astral projection stuff. I think I could have gave him some. Really cool info, but great guy though. Great guy. I thought he was fantastic. It was good bring him on here. Someone with a different uh, perspective than we usually tend to listen to here on the program. Absolutely, shake it up a bit. Yeah, it, it was good. I, I know a lot of people exact. Um, they didn't quite want to hear him on the program. I had a few emails mm-hmm. saying, "Why would you want him on? He's just going to debunk everything." I hear you though, man. Shake it up a little bit. Why Make not? It interesting. Yeah, why yeah. not? I liked him. He, like I said, he's very cutthroat, uh, right to the point. He's not going to play any games, and that's why I wanted him to appear here. I love it. Yeah, no, I was just, I was looking forward to. I wouldn't even say uh, debate so much. I just have so much information, and to me, it's like I live in this. Um, gosh, most of my life is like. I live in this paranormal kind of, 
I kind of go into paranormal as like a scientist, and I'm an right. old, I'm like a skeptic myself when I, I understand. when I do stuff, and yeah. I didn't even believe in out of body experiences and stuff. And then I had one, I was like, oh my god, this is real. And I could have gave him so much cool information, but hey, maybe next time. Right, you, you should have called in. Exactly, you should have called I know. in. Yeah. Oh, no, it was just, it was so quick and I know he was leaving. So I was like, yeah. oh, no. he, he was on limited time. He was going to go to some movie. Oh yeah. I didn't ask Incredibles him which one. Too? Well, I'm not quite sure if he was going to watch one of those movies. I think it was some <laughs> movie on campus. I think I'm not quite sure. Uh, okay. right on. Yeah, but he, he's a great guy to talk to. He, he was very polite off air as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, he's a great guy. Great guy. You could learn a lot from him as well. Um, everyone out there. And uh, yeah, um, Cody, it would have been interesting to hear what he would have said. It seems like he would dismiss most claims, however, and probably would, uh, lead to probably chemicals firing off in our brains. Perhaps that's what he would, um, I'm assuming that's probably something he would have said. I'm sure, yeah. Like some for him, but, some you know. fun- function of the mind or something like that. But I, man, I've just had so many experiences. Yeah, the, the, the question, could... the, the question would be, why do we have that sort of experience? Yes, yeah. Oh, I'm with oh, you on that. I'm totally with you on that. And Cody, by the way, are you, are you a religious person? No, not no, at all. I, no, I am a very. I guess you could say I'm a mystic. Highly, highly. I love paranormal stuff. Oh, me love too. Paranormal stuff. But no, I don't. I don't really. Uh, I'm not into religion or any of that kind of stuff. No way. Understood. Understood. And I could hear the crickets in the background, and I love it. It adds. You hear them? Yeah, I, oh, I hear love them. It. It's so, oh, yeah. so relaxing. It brings a, a different dynamic here when I hear you. Yeah. Really. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah. I love it. Like, I'm sorry if I sound, I might sound a little more. I remember. Hey, you sound good. Last time, last time I called in, I was really like hyped up and stuff, but I actually had oh, yeah. an anxiety attack earlier. Holy so shit. I had to, yeah, I had to take some Valium, so I'm really calm. <laughs> so now you're relaxed. Oh, you're, you're chill. Yeah. I'm you're, you're really, medicated. Yeah, I'm Perfect. flying right now. Hey, that's Oh, that's, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the way to be here on a Saturday night. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. We're all a little drunk. Or a little, yeah. A lot of people like to drink as well here on the program. Nothing wrong with that. There you go. That was actually, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. My doctor said I can't drink on benzodiazepines. It's real dangerous. Oh, hell no. Yeah. I was like, okay. (laughs) Yes. You you don't want to mix alcohol with any sort of um, pharmaceutical yeah. yeah, you don't want to be a, a Hollywood star. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And see, this this reminds me of going back to Johnny Depp. <clears throat> it's, oh, that was. It's interesting because I, I had been talking about Johnny for so long, and uh, you know, I finally talked to someone who sort of knows him. So it's it comes full circle, right? I got a little nervous when you asked him. No shit, I didn't want to ask him that. It sort of just came off, and I thought, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I, I, I honestly thought, oh God, did I just say that? <laughs> yeah. He didn't really but... seem to like Donald Trump either. He was very critical of our president. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, most people are. I mean, I, what can I say? Yeah, it's true. I, I you it's know, I try to, I try to crack a joke there and I don't think, you know, he was very, very serious. 
No, he was he was very serious. Yeah. He, he made me a little nervous. But at least I got that Pokemon reference in there, right? I mean, that's what that's what got me, like in the heartstrings. Like, it got, I, I it pulled that. you in. It pulled you in. It pulled. I mean, well, I'm always pulled in. Oh, that's but... incredible. <laughs> Tremendous. But yeah, I mean, Pokemon though. I mean, it's just to me, it was the cartoon that really did it for me to see evolution, uh, because. Before that, most of my science teachers were, were awful. Mm-hmm. So I saw that and I saw evolution and I thought, oh, this is a great Trojan horse. Yeah. When you mentioned, um, Pokemon. Hell, even I as a kid, he, I knew that was a Trojan horse. He was confused when you mentioned Pokemon. I don't think he knew. He didn't see me putting that together, that correlation, did he? At first. And no, he didn't. I don't, I don't think he. It's late. Maybe he was confused. Well, th- you have to understand that he did another interview at 6.30. Okay. He, he's very busy, so. Yeah. I'm surprised I got him on, to be honest with you. Well, it was really good. It was fun. It was a great time. A great, great time. And, uh, Cody, um, another question I, I did have in mind for you was, um, <laughs> yeah. have you talked to Robert? Robert, we talked about... I would say maybe a week ago. Oh, recent. Uh, yeah, we. Oh man, we we have great conversations. Oh, I know. Conversations. I know. What what's Robert been up to? I'm now I'm curious. Robert has he's been doing a lot of new stuff with. I know he just came out with a new program. Um, he he does a lot of different video based programs, and especially it helps. For people like me who can't, I'm a horrible reader. I just can't read. I read like one sentence and I'm like, uh. You're tired of it. Again. Oh, yeah. Well, there, there's a trick around that. I'm, I'm quite sure you are probably familiar with it. But, you know, you could you could get different apps on your phone that will do that for you. It will play the audio for you. Read it. Yeah. There's even, I had old software. Yeah, I'm sure you already do that. Computer. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay, perfect. Great stuff, and, it, and it's just like it's just like video-based programs on stuff that he has on his books and stuff like that, and it's really cool. It's really cool, good stuff. Very nice. Yeah, he needs to come back onto the program here. It's always fun to talk to Robert Bruce. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Uh, so, Cody, um, anything else you want to add before we uh, cut loose here? No, I think I'm good, buddy. I just wanted to call in and say howdy and. Uh, yeah, I just, I was, I was out here enjoying the crickets tonight. And the, you the sound value. so chill. You sound so I, chill. Like you're chilling me out. I know. I'm so glad. I know. I'm relaxed. I get that. It's, it's something with my voice. Like when I, when I go out in public and, and usually I'm really hyper, but I have Dude, I think it's the volume. It's, it's the, the volume. It is. It's gotta be. You can tell. Yeah. A lot more calm than last time. Yeah, if you heard me last interview, I was like the Energizer Bunny, and now I'm just all like floating. But yeah, that man, I enjoyed great. the interview very much, and I wish I could have called in, but maybe next time. Yeah, maybe next time um, he's here, definitely you call betcha. in. Don't be afraid. No way. I'll, next time, maybe I won't Perfect. be uh, so spaced out. No worries. <laughs> I know what that's like. So, Cody, once again, thanks for calling in here, my friend. All right, buddy. Thank you. Bye, Vanessa. Bye. Take care. And there goes Cody. He was all chill. Yeah, he was very relaxed tonight. Not, not the usual. Yeah, and the, he's fired and the crickets. Up. And the, the crickets, crickets were like an yeah. ASMR kind it of. It was good. It was good. I, I like that. Uh, hopefully <laughs> when I 
put this program up. Uh, hopefully it doesn't cut that off. Yeah, it sounded really good. It did, it did. I enjoy that sound. And uh, usually you miss that sound when you live in a bigger city. Yeah, I mean, I don't hear it. I mean, well, I do hear it sometimes, but it's just way too hot to go outside. It's death outside. <laughs> yeah, it's like 90 right now, and it's nighttime. Yeah, it's 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 probably around the same here, and uh, humid on top of that, so that's awful. Yeah. So this week has come and gone quickly, and of course, it wasn't the case for former Three Doors Down bassist, who now is busted for domestic violence and a firearm and a drug possession. Uh, Vanessa, <laughs> are, are you at all surprised to hear this? I'm always interested in finding out what happens to these once bigger-than-life rock stars. Well, I mean, I, I'm used to it right now. Like, um, has-beens... No, I'm just kidding. But they usually, I mean, you know... It's interesting because, it, you know, it, it's three doors down. We, we, we really don't know when, well, personally at the time, I, I never liked that band, but I always knew eventually at one time they would spiral downward like most top acts do. Yeah. I think everybody forgot about them until the news report. <laughs> My point being, and yeah. of course, three years after he was sentenced for killing a man behind the wheel, while under the influence of prescription pills and alcohol. Wow. And this goes back to what I was just saying. You never mix your pills and your alcohol. Exactly. Yes. I you believe, do one or the other. Right. <laughs> His name is Todd Harrell. Uh-huh. It's typical rock star behavior, right? Yeah. I mean, 90s bands, <laughs> husbands, you know, it happens. It really does. And by the way, someone else is calling in here. All right. Yeah, let's see who this is. Caller, what's going on? Yeah, why do you always have to have that annoying bitch on the phone for all the time? Oh, my God. Oh, holy shit. My goodness, the the vileness that, that is coming out here. And, the oh, he hung up. He hung up. What the wow, fuck? Wow, a little drive-by there. Wow, annoying bitch. My what, is he too goodness. scared to, to, to reveal himself? I have no idea. But that, wow. that was pretty wild. You, you don't really have that. See, that's what happens here when you have a live show and, uh, no screen calls. People come in here and go crazy. Right? Jesus Christ. Why doesn't he call? Why, why? I don't know why he, why is he gonna be, why why'd is he, he run? gonna be such a pussy? Call again. I know. Why'd he run away? Yeah. Is he scared? I think he's scared, but Vanessa, I do apologize for that. I, I have no idea what happened there. It's okay. He acted out of control. Um, it's a live show. And he's out of line. He was out of line. My God. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Seriously. Did, did you pee in his cereal? I mean, I don't remember. <laughs> you you must have pissed in his cereal at, at some point, Vanessa. Yeah. I would love to know who it is. You, but I kind of I have a feeling. That's good, though. That's good, though, that that sort of reaction happened. It's good to get heat. Yeah. I get heat all the time. Oh, I know you do. Wow. I, exactly. And that's a good thing. You, you gotta have some sort of reaction. Um, and if you have no reaction, that means you're not doing your job. Yes. I would like for him to call back though. Me too. I'd like to, I'd like to hear his complaints further. Yes. But I, I think that was it. I think he kind of blew his wand. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, I understand he's scared. Yeah, he's scared. But you know, when you call into the program, you have to come with ammunition. You can't just, 
you know, blow your wad and just walk away. I mean, that's not fun. Yeah, that doesn't look good. It doesn't. It looks kind of pathetic. And if you want to bury me, I'm, I'm all for it. I love that. <laughs> I love hearing that. Yeah. So back to three doors down. My goodness. Um, again, I'm not surprised, to be honest. That is typical rock star nonsense. And once I saw the headlines of three doors down, I figured, holy shit. Let's see how far a top act has completely spiraled out of control. And at least he didn't kill himself, however. At least he's got that going for him. Well, you never know. <laughs> well, that's true. But we, we might see Chris Hardwick kill himself. Oh, my God. I hope. I really hope not. I that's hope not either. I mean, most, uh, well, not most, but more than a third of Americans are estimated to be taking at least one prescription medication. That, of course, carries the risk of depression. So who exactly knows? Perhaps Chris uh, Hardwick might be the next a suicide victim. Oh, God. Oh, my God. That, that's that, awful. That is. Are you predicting? Is this I'm, your new? Um, that's my new. Yeah, it's my new gimmick. I'm predicting death now. <laughs> your new de- celebrity death. It's pool? a new celebrity death pool now. I'm just going to predict <laughs> deaths here and uh, just act like it's true. Present it <laughs> as some sort of fact. Yes. I should have brought up celebrity death pool to uh, Lawrence Krauss and seen what he um, what he said. He would not have believed. He probably would have hung up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you would have said, enough of this. This is just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Lawrence thought this was a, a, a Christian show, I think. Yeah, because the end of days, that was yeah. funny. Yeah, it's okay, though. It's it's definitely not of that nature. Um, even Maybe though, he's not an mm-hmm. Arnold fan. You know, he might be, though. Really? Yeah, he might be an Arnold fan. You should, damn it, next time, ask him. He liked Breaking Bad, though. He did. I was, and he watches Better Call Saul. I watch Better Call Saul. That's a good show. It's a good show. And that season came back, right? No, is it there comes a new back one? In August. Okay. In yeah. August. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's um the last season. I forgot to watch actually. It's really good. I hope it's good. I hope it's better than that Jurassic Park crap. Oh, I've never seen um the new ones. I don't know. You're probably better off not watching that. Yeah, I don't really like reboots of things. Uh, well, I'm with you on that one. Like, yeah. we always go back to that conversation of how there's no original films out there anymore. No. It seems like all the or good shows I- now. Or, well, there, there's some good shows, but not very many. Really? You like Roseanne? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You're killing me here. Roseanne, that, that's an awful show. It, look, I saw it, and it was, it wasn't very good. It was terrible, actually. Yeah, it was not that great. I saw clips of it and just was not was not too impressed. No, I only saw it because I wanted to see um what happened to John Goodman because John the Goodman. original. Yeah, and the original like they acted like he died, so I wanted to see <laughs> why he was back. You know. I hear you. Yeah. No doubt. Don't judge me. Don't I'm not. Me. I'm not. Okay. I'm not judging you. I'm not like that Florida man who was arrested for threatening to commit mass shooting at Disney World. Oh, Florida news? Florida news, there it is. Uh, um, Florida man was arrested this week after he allegedly threatened to carry out a mass shooting at, of course, your neck of the woods, Walt Disney World in Florida. Orlando, yes, in Florida. Orlando. Right. Have you ever been there? Of chance? course. To, oh. to the main place? To uh Disney World? Right. Oh, yes. I used to go probably twice a year when I was little. Lucky. Yeah. Not go. now, because I'm an adult and I have to pay for my own stuff. But when I was right. a child, yes. <laughs> you you were all in. Yes, all in. 
Yeah. I'm with you on that one. And of course, there is another story of these drug sniffing dogs who are the latest victims in the growing opioid epidemic. Is that Florida? No, no, that's that. I don't know where exactly that is from, but I recall seeing this article and I just thought, poor dogs, they're getting hooked on, on pills now. Yeah. Yeah, that's terrible. Poor dogs. That is terrible. They're going to be dealing with depression soon. <laughs> they're going to kill going, themselves. Yeah, they're going to kill themselves. <laughs> poor doggies. But, of course, we are running out of time here. I wasn't going to do too long of a program here tonight. I thought we could end things a, a little short here. Okay. But, yeah, um, I do want to thank you for hanging out here with me tonight, Vanessa. It's been fun. Anytime. Thank you very much, Vanessa. And I'll talk to you in the very near future. And any last words before I cut you loose, Vanessa? Any words you'd like to tell um, that vile caller who called in here talking all that noise? Well, I'm a lady, so I'm not going to say anything too bad. But you're kind of... You can tell. You probably, don't get, you probably don't get laid much. That's probably true. Yes, that's all I got to say. Well, I do thank you for hanging out here tonight and, um, well, for, for everything here. It's been fun and I'd like to thank you for hanging out again and causing that sort of reaction. No problem. Anytime, baby. Good job. Good job tonight. Good. All right. All right. Take care. Good night. Bye. And there goes Vanessa. And of course, if you are listening to this, on a replay, keep in mind, you can listen on the TuneIn Radio app. If you search End of Days, you'll find the 24-7 network. And, of course, you can go to michaeldeacon.com for any episode you might have missed. And, of course, this is a call-in show. I'm not sure why some of you out there are a little timid to call. Even though I see you out there, don't be afraid. And I truly hope you enjoyed tonight's program. Perhaps we didn't find all the answers, but we certainly obtained bits and pieces to the cosmic puzzle board. I'm Michael Deacon. Thank you for joining me here tonight. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place and life itself is a mystery. Until next time. Good night, everybody. It's crazy. I had no idea they should have worked with the full 726. It's the simplest shit. You go in there, you see the bus and then you got a That's what I want. Just for what it's worth, I want to put in my two cents to tell you both that you have one of the most incredibly well-rounded shows. Planet Earth about to be recycled. Your only chance to survive with us. Now you say you keep saying us. Terrorists. Flawless victory.